You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Next Trek podcast. Every week, we dive into the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And here we are, guys, the end of season two. It has really, it's really gone by pretty quick. Yeah. Um, a lot faster than I was expecting. I, was, I don't think I was prepared, to be honest with you, for it to be over no. so quickly. Well, and I'll uh, say I just started my rewatch because, you know, we're going to do our recap in a, in a few weeks, whenever that is. Yeah. And uh, it is crazy the, the, just how much things have changed. I watched the first two episodes yesterday uh, with some friends who hadn't seen it. Uh, they, they've seen through the short treks, but they hadn't caught up on, on any of this season. And, uh, like, just there – First, the first couple episodes go really fast, and I was like, they pack so much story in and so many seeds. Uh, I'm really happy. It's actually rewarding some some rewatching. Some good story seeds are in there, so I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait to go back and revisit it as well. Um, I, I was I was contemplating going all the way back to season one, mm. uh, I, but I'm not going to do that. I but I was contemplating it. <laughs> Season season one feels like a world away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. But today we're going to be just discussing uh, the season finale of season two, Such Sweet Sorrow, part two. And the summary is the USS Discovery battles against control in a fight not only for their lives, but for the future. With a little help from some unexpected friends, Spock and Burnham discern vital new connections between the red signals while Burnham faces one of life's harshest truths. The right decisions are often the hardest to make. Is that what she decides? I don't know if I got that. That's interesting. <laughs> what an interesting summary that IMDb gave us. All right, but before we get started and dive into that long conversation, I wanted to invite all of you out there in listening land to please dive into the conversation. We want to hear from you on Twitter. If you follow us, uh, go to at the next trek. There's a lot going on there. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you liked about this episode, what you didn't like. We would love to just have you a part of what we're doing here, especially when we talk about the season as a whole. Yeah. All right. And also, if I can add, yeah, if we can uh, head over to iTunes and, and give us a review there, follow yeah. us there, subscribe, um, go back, listen to our um, our archives. We've got some pretty good things, and we've got some pretty good things in store too. So I'm pretty excited to see what we where we where we go. Much like Discovery, I'm excited to see what their the future, future of holds. the pod. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk in general what we thought of the episode and we can dive into like a full-on like discussion there's a lot i think i took more notes on this than ever before um so kate what did you think of kind of the episode as a whole i mean how does this tie season two together was it a bow or was it a mess what did you think so i think that it was a good balance of character and action and continues its plot problems (laughs) Mm. Um, um, but at this point it's the final episode and while it did wrap up a number of threads, it did set up the future of the next season. The plot problems were the same problems we've been having all along with, with control and other pieces of that, which we'll get into with the episode, uh, that I feel like we've covered a lot of that well before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, uh, there today. Uh, my other noteworthy thing is that uh, Jet Reno went to the future, so Tignataro can come back in season three. 
That's yes. right. Yes, that is certainly. It was very interesting to find out who um, came to the future with us. I'm uh, surprised that, by one of them, but we'll, and we'll get know, to that. Yeah. Me too. I don't understand. Maybe we've been misled all along. Or we Help. just assumed, you know? I, I yeah, had no true. surprises on who went Tyler, and who didn't. Tyler, what about you? Sorry, Kate. I totally, we totally didn't hear you there. Uh, can you say that again? I said that I had no surprises for who did and did not go to the future. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Well, it'll be interesting to find out why that is. I guess we, we maybe we just have listened too much to the... Um, uh, to the guesses in the on the internet of people thinking one thing would be something else. So yeah. anyway, we'll get into that. Tyler, what did you think of the season finale? I absolutely loved it, and uh, I actually don't have any plot. Well, I don't know if I have no plot problems. I yeah, I don't have any any major plot problems at all. Um, unless I'm just not thinking about something. I really, and even in my second watch, um. I, you know, the first watch, I just watched it for me. I don't take notes. I don't, unless something really major strikes me, like, oh, I have a, you know, theory or whatever, like, then I'll maybe just pull out a post-it note or something really fast or my phone. But, but generally, I, I don't watch the first, um, with notes in hand. And I just kind of basked in the, the crazy, amazing visuals, the powerful, you know, character moments, the, not as powerful as last episode, but I kind of think that was even on purpose. Um, we got to say goodbye to our characters in the last episode and to Pike and and all these things. And this episode moved so fast that we didn't we didn't get that. But I but because we got that last episode, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, and I just um, both times I I just let it kind of wash over me. It was it was such a good good episode, a great. Uh, season finale it could be frankly could be a series finale you know if it was one of those if if the show was getting canceled or something like that this would be a fine one to end on while still looking ahead to the future um but it's not we're getting season three and like nine thousand other shows and um i'm pretty happy to, to be where we are i loved it yeah i think i'm i'm definitely more on your side there tyler um than than Kate. I guess I have my rose tinted glasses on. Uh, I know I talked about that last week as well, but this, this, this episode really did a wonderful job of giving us great character moments. Mm -hmm. um, wonderful goodbyes. Um, some great moments of, you know, valor and uh, sacrifice. Yep. I think um, we got to see a lot of, of plot points pay off. Um, you know, some explanations for things that we had not yet. And some of those were pretty quick. And, I and do very admit, nice bows, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. too. A couple really yeah. just like, whoop, and that is that, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I, and, and, and for a show that or a season that set up a lot of those, mm -hmm. it did a very good job of what I thought they had a lot to do in this last episode. They did a pretty good job of pacing those you know, payoff moments out pretty well. It wasn't like, wait a minute, they didn't explain this or they didn't do that or whatever. I'm sure they might be one or two of those things, but overall the big picture things, they did a very good job of wrapping up both plot and character and moments. theme as well. Yeah. Very yeah. purposeful about theme. I agree. I agree. Okay. So let's, let's go ahead and dive in. You know, honestly, I was shocked that this pretty much was one long action sequence guys. Yep. Um, it is, it's the battle. It felt like a Game of Thrones episode, to be honest with you. Um, it was, it's like one, you know, they set it up and now 
We're going to let the players, um, you know, fight it out, duke it out. So, I mean, literally, we get into the action right away. So, a few weeks ago, we talked about Star Trek Nemesis, and there was, you know, a big action sequence in there where, uh, you know, the Enterprise does its ramming, and it has a movie budget, etc. But despite all the effects of that movie, this was way cooler and way better done than I thought Nemesis was. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, And I... I I definitely think you see the money on the screen here. You, totally. you can tell that they that they spent a significant amount of time, energy, and budget on these last 45, 50 minutes of this episode. It's, it's crazy. It really, really is. Okay, so yeah, so we see a lot of shuttles and pods. Um, we... There, there's a moment where there's a split screen that we've never seen anywhere yes. else with like red borders of Saru and the comms and uh, somebody else is really an interesting like yeah. uh, moment. They're doing some really cool, different visuals in this episode. They're just kind of throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks, but it's all very energetic. It is, it is really, really great. One of my favorite moments that had me laughing out loud um, was, uh, what, I'm sorry, what, what is the character's name? Tig? Uh, Tig uh, Detar, Jet Reno. Jet. Jet's character uh, telling, I can't remember who it was asking. I, I, I don't know if it was a cat. It was Saru, I think, was asking her yes. to do something. She said, I can't break the laws of physics. Yes. Such a great callback to Scotty. You know what I mean? Like, it was a great moment. I, I yeah. had a blast there. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. It, it just, can, can we um, hit the visuals just while we're on it? Can we just, just kind of stay there for a minute? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I completely agree. There are a few, there are a few things in this episode that are just absolutely breathtaking and rival mm-hmm. many of the best cinematic moments of their kind. Sure, um, I'd go the wormhole. Um, the wormhole made, and I love Interstellar. I love that movie. I think it's beautiful. It made Interstellar look cheap at some points. Um, uh, not all of it. Eh, not not all harsh. of it. But, <laughs> Oh no no just, sorry uh, let me I'll make I'll make it sound better because that makes it sound like I didn't like Interstellar. It looked better than Interstellar. That's all I'll say. Like the the wormhole part and her flying through it was like Interstellar and Inception and 2001: A Space Odyssey all mm. like had a baby and and made <laughs> this. Um, and it was just out of this world. So. It was so amazing. It was so well done um, of, of her, you know, flying through, um, yeah. oh, I guess with Star Trek, the motion picture kind of, you know, thrown in there too. Cause it's just, you know, her in a space shoot, uh, going through time and space and it was crazy mm. good. I'm going to have to nerd factor here because I love interstellar and you had to bring it up. I don't think you can compare the two because with interstellar, they were taking actual data from Brackles and attempting to recreate what they think it actually looked like, which we've since seen p- photos that prove that they're actually really close. Um, Discovery did not care about real black holes or wormholes or anything else. It was just going for an awesome visual experience. Oh, I was I was thinking more of when they actually travel through the wormhole at the beginning of Interstellar, the one that's by Saturn or Jupiter, and uh, they're actually okay. going. But not not yeah. the black hole. Did I, if I said black hole, I'm sorry. I meant wormhole. Well, um, my audio was yeah. cutting out a little bit, so I could have potentially misheard what you were saying. Yeah. No, I think I, I would agree. I think they, because um, actually, now that I think about it, Discover has done a black hole this season. It was when they went to Talos Four, and and it looked a lot like Interstellar. It did mm-hmm. they did a good job with that, and with the the photos that we've now gotten of the black hole. Um, I I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, 
Speaking All right, nerds. Okay, stop talking about that. <laughs> well, so speaking Listen. of the wormhole, wait, wait, wait. This is this is the this is nerdery. This is not sciency. Uh, this is uh, the wormhole when they're when the discovery is going through it at the very end. And like all of the um, the streaky lights are you know going going motion across picture. them. Yep. Yeah, straight out of Star Trek: The Motion yep. Picture. Totally gorgeous. So well done. I loved. I loved that scene. That's that's where I'll go. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. And then there's one more, and it may be more of a plot point, but it was maybe one of my favorite moments in this episode. And I just it gives you that good feeling is when the Klingons and mm-hmm. the Kelpians join the fight. But what I loved about it, the visual aspect of it was that that big Klingon ship, like the cleaver ship, de- which I love the name of that, decloaking, and it was very similar to the Battle of the Binary Stars. That yep. same kind of moment, right, where it b- uh, busted into the other starship uh, vessel and 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 you know blew that thing out of the water. So like that was a great moment. That that visual. Mm-hmm. Um, that visual was great to see that huge, you know, uh, Klingon vessel decloak, oh, yeah. and then to what also if, see the what are they the D, the D7s? Yeah, the D7s yep. Yep. join yeah. the fight. I mean, that was really cool too. I, I loved moments. it. It felt very much like a end of, especially the Matt Smith era of of Doctor Who, where you know big climactic battle is coming and all of his friends show up. And yeah, I true. I like that. I don't know if it it was. I could see the cheese, like if somebody decided to see it there. But I was like, you know what? I, I that was just heartwarming. We get Lorel, and we're never gonna see Lorel again. I mean, unless it's Section Thirty One or something like yeah. that. You know, we're never gonna see Saru's sister again. Uh, so it felt like a, definitely a good, a good series of character moments, and it looked daggone good too. Yeah, that was one of the plot moments that I was totally willing to forgive that Serana's showing up in a battle fighter. It's like. Wow, she's oh, yeah. she's a savant when it comes to flying a fighter in a major <laughs> battle, and but yay, yeah, because then we do get you know we had our goodbyes sort of in the, in the previous episode, but like the moment uh, going back to the wormhole, I loved the visual effects of as Discovery was following Michael in there. You had Discovery going across um, the windscreen for Serana, and like each of the people, the way they intermingled that imagery, it was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. But I think, <clears throat> excuse me, by far, speaking of Christopher Nolan films, <laughs> um, the best moment in this episode yes. was the Leland fight in the rotating uh, set. Yes. Yeah, the rotating oh, set. I thought the same it, thing. It was so good. And I leaned over uh, to Melody while we were watching. I said, This is why you get Michelle Yeoh. Yes, like, I had she's that kicking butt as. As she's, you know, running through this hallway that's spinning, it is just, it was great. It was great. And that's what I mean by, it's not just the money on the screen for, like, visual effects, but, like, practical effects. That's practical. They did that. Yeah, no, they did it. It Straight out of Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, they they invented that shot in Nightmare on Elm Street, and and Christopher Nolan did it crazier, you know, and amazingly in Inception. Inception, yeah. So so like, it was it was really a cool moment. That's I think that is my favorite moment of this episode, just because it was wholly unexpected, and then all of a sudden I was like, they're doing this practically. They're moving the set right now. This is fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, and gravity is such a hard thing to simulate, so to be able to do that so well without it even having to be wire work was just incredible. Not that Michelle Yeoh can't do wire work because she's the only thing that took me out of it, and it only took me out on the second time is because it's a great shot, Is and and it was not this shot specifically, although I noticed it again. There are full-on just rocks 
like as debris, like they're just rocks falling all over the set. And like I know this is something I've never noticed it before, and I know people have talked about that. I just as they're fighting, sparks and boulders are falling yes. down all around them, and I was like, <laughs> well, where well, are they, these? They did what? it. I have to say, everything before and I think almost after that fight is the cheesiest part of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get, I don't remember her, the name of the security officer, the one, what's her name? Yeah. Oh. She, when, oh. when Michelle, Yeoh, when, <laughs> yum, when yum. she's like, you want to help me have him scream? And she's like, yum, yum. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I wrote, what did that woman just say? <laughs> what did that woman just say? Line. Yum, yum. I laughed so hard. I thought it was hilarious. What? I, I thought that was honestly I thought that was an outtake like they did a bunch of different takes and they they inserted the wrong one because <laughs> it felt so and, wrong and one she's like yeah and the other yeah. one she's like I've always wanted to yes. help you do that and another one she goes yum 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 <laughs> which was that one, which was followed up by the AI sausage comment <laughs> yes yeah and that's what I'm yep. saying like oh. it, all that stuff just none of that worked Didn't for me work. at all. But the fight itself, it was yeah. like what the Marvel uh, uh, shows on on Netflix did with like Daredevil, yeah. where they would like feature one moment with this amazing stunt, live yeah. action stunt, and that is exactly what that was. It was a an amazing live action stunt. All right, listen, I know we're kind of popcorning it. Let's 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 go through this episode because it is a chronological episode. Okay. Let's just kind of dive through here. We, we don't need to spend a lot of time on everything but if there is anything you want to hit let's um you know obviously bring that up um so um let's go back we're we're getting ready for this huge huge battle um mike and in my opinion saru is the captain um there's no doubt there's a moment where um he starts to quote i believe it is the art of war yes george Yes, and Giorgio completes it, and I'm like, oh, there's some mutual respect well, happening there. And it's a callback um, to season one because I'm fairly certain that Captain Giorgio that he was under in the pilot, mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain she quoted Sun Tzu as well. I, huh. I, I think you're right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think you are right. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally forgot that. Um, and then the I next. Also... Go ahead. Please. Uh, one of the things that, that kind of just summarizes the very, very beginning of, of this episode, and it, I think it's Pike that says it. He says, we have one job, get Burnham and Discovery through the, wor- the wormhole. Section 31 is in the way. And that, honestly, that summarizes the episode for, for the <laughs> most part, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> That's totally. it. Get them through the wormhole. And, you know, there's going to be some some bumps along the way. But, um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. And, and Spock has to pilot a shuttle to guide, to guide Michael um, through it. The only thing, again, if we're finding things to nitpick, I have no idea how her suit flies. Um, there's not a thrust. Time crystals are apparently also jetpacks. We're seeing that. Yes. Um, yes. but I don't, I didn't care. Like you just see her flying and there's a cocoon of shuttles around here and it's crazy good. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Giorgio, one of my, one of my other favorite lines, Giorgio has a lot of them. Um, she, <laughs> Leland gets on the screen and she says, we were just talking about you. Yes. Everyone hates you. <laughs> I love that line. But, and right before then, Saru says, uh, Saru says, you're about to see you know, a human face. He's not human. And I really, I kind yeah, of like that. Was that. Good. Mm-hmm. It was one of the few times where you're like, 
yeah, maybe the entire crew doesn't completely know that this guy is taken over by nanobots. Yeah, that was that was really exactly. good. Saru was exactly. a fantastic yeah. captain in this episode. He nailed every beat the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we earned with his transformation in this season was him captaining the heck out of this episode. There's no doubt about that. And that's what I, I've already said it, but I'll say it again. Saru is the captain at this moment. Oh, There's yeah. no yes. doubt. I mean, obviously he's, he, he's, he's in command, but I mean, he felt like a captain. Mm-hmm. So... Epic space battle ensues. Here we are, everybody. Oh. There's their lasers going everywhere, pods, all kinds of str- stuff. The Enterprise bridge looks incredible. In oh my, my opinion. gosh, it looks incredible. Oh, yeah. it looks so good. I I like paused so many times and just to look at it. Like it just looks and just even what did they what did they keep and what did they sort of you know yeah. mold into the new look? It it, it is perfect. It's fantastic. And we're cutting back and forth, and I have to just say this. Um, I'm sorry, Kate, if I'm interrupting you, but uh, I just wanted to say this one more thing. Like before they are, as they're getting ready, there's a bunch of oneers, one shots. Uh, mm-hmm. One happens in engineering where the camera just is just keeps, you know, it, it keeps this energy moving and going. And then the other one is on the bridge where it just keeps moving from character to character. Really good way of keeping energy. Yeah. Um, it was really great right at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of this fight. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kate. Sorry, I know I interrupted you. I also just want to say that number one is clearly the snark queen of the Enterprise. Um, she was mm-hmm. so much fun with you know, and she's talking to Detmer, and she's like in English, please, in response to how much space she needed to blow things up. She just she did yep. a lot of that throughout the episode. She was great. Yeah, yeah. and and we get a. A name for her. Her name is actually Una, um, which is is funny. We get that uh, he Pike says it really quick right before he thinks he's about to die mm-hmm. um, later on. And uh, so so number one is actually she has a name now, which is from the novels. They pulled that out of the novels, which is kind of cool. Oh, interesting. I didn't even catch that at all. I, did, I, I didn't the first time, and then I I had seen something on on Twitter like, oh, they they gave her a name, and I said, no, they didn't. What are you talking about? And mm-hmm. So I, because at the end when they're interviewing her, I was actually waiting for them to for her to say mm-hmm. you know her name, but she says number one. I was like, ah, which her defiance was fantastic yeah. in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Okay, so um, they are moving the suit. They finally get it all together, which, by the way, they're really quick in being able to assemble these time suits, guys. Right, with, um, with no margin for so error. They just with do it. it. They yeah. just do it really quick, and it's almost like anybody could do it within you know an hour or so. You just need so. a replicator. That's all you need. That's what I'm saying. It's very it's very interesting technology that they are able to to come up with. That is the biggest plot hole in this entire season. But again, like I said, I've got to look over this time crystal thing and just say, it, okay. yeah, because it is what it is. It mm-hmm. is what it is. It's the MacGuffin. It is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, Spock's going to pilot. Michael's going to follow right behind him in his wake. Um, my favorite, one of my other favorite moments is she jumps out of the s- shuttle bay, guys. Yes. And like rides the saucer section of the enterprise. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The only thing that could have made it even better is if she like reached her hand down and skimmed it with her fingers. Cause that's what I would have, I wanted to do. I loved that moment. It was so good. Again, like you, like you just said, the, the camera is so, you know, uh, it's so intense. It's so um, kinetic throughout this whole, um, sh- this whole episode. I, I don't think the camera stops, you know, once, right. if, at least not until she's standing on the, on the asteroid with, uh, 
or whatever she's standing on with Spock. But it yeah. is so good. Yeah, when when Burnham jumps out in the shuttles, form a wall around her, and you know, pose doing the whole you know, we will protect her at all costs kind of thing. That whole sequence there was one of the most breathtaking yeah. parts of the episode for me because just the thought of just being in the suit and nothing else, jumping out into the middle of this nasty oh, space battle and nobody, like everyone's around you trying not to hit them, them trying to hit you. You're jerking around trying to miss the bad guys, miss the lasers, follow Spock where he's going. There's like a crap ton of stuff going on and to survive all yeah. of that, it's just like, I forgot to breathe a couple times. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of the first episode of the season, again, because I just watched it, but where they're in those those three little, uh, three or four little pods and they're flying through the asteroid belt to the to the Hiawatha, mm-hmm. where it's so intense and it's so, it's so frenetic and crazy. And this, she's supermaning it. I mean, she is the Red Angel in that way. You know, she's flying through space and and it's beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, exactly like you just said, and, and literally breathtaking at times. You know, it's it's so well done. So can I pause for a moment and you guys can help me about this this plan that these these two crews have? Can you guys help me with something yes, real sure. quick? Now I may be I may be completely nuts and you guys can probably answer it right away, but for me this felt a little strange. So the plan is now obviously the plan changes, but at this moment, okay, the plan is they're surrounded by Leland's fleet, mm-hmm. right? There yep. are what like a dozen 30 or more ships. thirty, 30 or- ships. I think it's I think it's thirty plus the five billion little squares that are flying everywhere. Drones. So we're saying billion billions of ships. <laughs> that approximately. these the approximately billions of ships that the the two crews are fighting against, right? And so the Enterprise crew is going to help the Discovery follow Michael through a wormhole, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, so they're that's what they're going to the do. They're basically stalling for time. But what that means is. The Enterprise crew is going to get destroyed and die. Yeah, that's what they're think, accepting is the possibility. Okay. That, so I, that I, plus, I think we see Giorgio's plan, whether it was communicated or not, Giorgio's plan at the very least is I'm taking Leland out and that might actually solve our problem because there's only one life sign and there's there's drones. So she kills when she kills him. I mean, that's what happens, whether that's right. But whether Leland just so happens to beam aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. If he had not done that, if he had not done that, then he would have, I would imagine have destroyed the enterprise Yeah, right? or they would have had to, you know, try and destroy his ship. But yeah, you're probably, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just felt weird to me. Like they didn't, it didn't feel like they were, the, the, that was the weight, like enterprise yeah. crew. I really appreciate your sacrifice here. We are about to, you know, sacrifice ourselves for the, well, basically everybody's sacrificing themselves because we're shooting, you know, discovery shooting themselves 930 years into the future. And, Enterprise is going to die to let them do that because it's all saving. It's all saving the universe. Like I, I yeah, but whether the, the plan made sense, the plan I, I makes sense. Was... But in terms of the emotional weight, I think we see it and feel it the most uh, on Pike's face in the moment where he just right. steps up and says, "Guys, this is what we're going to do. Put us yes. between." Right. And so they don't spend oh, a lot of beats that on that. But it's it's all on it's all in his performance is where that mm-hmm. centers. I think. Okay, and then there's another there's another plot um, sequence that you're gonna have to just have, kind of help me work through as well. I, I buy that, I guess, but I was just thinking through it like it felt like this the sequence of the episode makes sense, but at this moment they don't know a whole lot as far as like Leland's gonna beam or you know a couple weirdly of them have Michael seen that. does though just nobody <clears throat> yeah. else does, but Michael does, yeah. Uh, doesn't 
Because she saw the time in the time crystal. Doesn't Jet know too? Maybe not. Oh, maybe hmm. Jet would. Yep, Jet would know too. Okay, so anyway, um, so they trans they've already transported the suit, but so in that transporting, I forgot to mention, um, Kolber gets hurt pretty bad. Um, so he or is no, gone. Stamets. To- no, Stamets. Stamets does. Stamets. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yep. Why did I say Kolber? I meant Stamets. Stamets gets hurt pretty bad, and he gets he goes to uh, the sick bay. Which, if we can uh, pause for a moment, there. If we can pause for a moment on Stamets getting hurt, that was one of my the yes. visual moments that I really liked, where we followed the blow on Discovery's hull and that the debris that fell through the ship and then down yes. through the ceiling into hitting them. That was um, both a cool yes, moment. so good. And to me, it was a throwback to Nemesis where there was big caverns for no explanation. And here we have a big fall for a useful reason. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and I, I like that. And again, that's it's a very there's a similar shot in the first episode of season two where the camera goes through and follows the turbo lifts, which wind mm-hmm. and do these really weird, interesting things. And we blew by actually a turbo lift. Um, I don't know what you call it. Shoot. Shaft. Or something like that in this. And it's shaft. Thank you. And it's very, I loved despite the fact that, yeah, we get unexplained chasm. Like you just said in nemesis, we have at least explained chasm right. in, in discovery. I loved it. The I spaces it. are really well used to, cause we have a Jeffrey's tube later. Mm-hmm. Like we get those right. space things that actually make sense in the ship and even serve the plot in a useful way. Not just in a, Ooh, let's have a slide here in the middle of the enterprise moment. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Agreed. <clears throat> So Leland does board at this point in um, in the episode and shoots a ton of people. None of them die, though. It wasn't quite as violent as what the time crystal had pot- potentially predicted. Yeah, right. this scene uh, bothered he- me, though. This scene yeah. bothered me because Giorgio is the only one who is armed on a bridge when they're in a battle at Red Alert. Like, nobody else carries weapons. A couple of them did. A Giorgio did. Non, non did. A few of them um, were were holding them. I, I'm pretty sure. I know. I know at least Non and Giorgio were. But those are the only two I'm I noticed. Sure non makes sense. The security out. officer. Yeah, because I, I thought when they when they like Oshikun and uh, Detmer jumped over the um, the helm consoles, I swear they were both holding pistols. But I, I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I don't think they were because um, they get shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Both of them. No, they don't. In the in the possible future, they get shot, but not no, in no, the... no, no. Osh, Osh, the um, African American lady, she gets shot right in the the shoulder. Totally, she's not dead though. No, no, no. But she gets okay. shot in the shoulder. <clears throat> I just thought, wow, I, I missed that. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah, no, totally. No, there's there. They, he's definitely he gets some hits off. Um, and so anyway, he goes and barricades himself in. I guess what is the computer room, or at least where they're. I think it's. I think it's the the stinking uh, ready room. Weirdly, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know how he knows that, but I guess I guess because he's been on board before and he knows where to go. I guess because he's his his past life is Leland, um, and that's where we get the yum yum line. Um, they try and break in and uh, and and you do that. Uh, let's see here. Then oh, right. Oshikun takes a hit at her station. Sorry. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you didn't believe me? <laughs> no, I was like, how did I miss that? Who else got shot <laughs> that I just missed? <laughs> yep, it was just her. Come on, Tyler. Come on. I, sometimes I pay attention. Not often. <laughs> so then we sometimes have our next weird plot moment with the photon torpedo that yeah. just somehow makes it through the yes. shields with absolutely no problem and bonks its way into the saucer section of the Enterprise. Yes. Yeah. 
But we had seen that happen. I'm fine with it. I we had seen that one happen before, and it was more for the. I, I liked it for the for what happens to Cornwell. It was a good fitting send off for her character, I think. But then also, Pike, grappling with fate in the future one last time before he leaves, um, and I I I, I for, yeah plot wise yes I agree plot plot thing aside, um, I, I liked what it did and I was yeah okay the, with the, the character yeah. pieces worked the plot didn't <laughs> yeah. So um, concurrently, as we watch this torpedo going and, you know, going into the saucer section of the Enterprise, Michael and Spock have landed on a piece of debris. That's what it looks or an like. Astro- I kept calling it an asteroid in my notes, but I wasn't sure. It was it? debris okay. to me, thought, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought it, it was a piece of ship is what I thought it was. It does um, look like that. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> so anyway, so they're, they've landed there. And <clears throat> this is the other moment that I need some explanation from you guys. So she, meaning Michael, is beginning to program the suit to take her to the future, to take Discovery to the future, 950 years into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it won't allow her. Right. Right. Is that your question? What? That. So what? time so is not here, linear. Here, here's what they're saying. And I, I know they explain this, but I have a problem <laughs> with it. You're telling me not only does the time crystal like send you through time it's it also knows. it has its own mind it has yeah. its own consciousness and so in reality it doesn't let you doesn't let you actually choose what you're going to do it no it keeps like a consistent timeline right so there is no free will this is the problem i had with this episode i'm, I'm feeling like it's more and more said this version of star trek is saying there isn't really free will there is a you've been given a role to play and you just must accept that role. I don't like that very much. I always felt like Star Trek was this like, oh no, you can change the future. But what it seems like this time crystal or what the writers are saying is, no, 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 you actually don't have control over your life. The time crystal keeps that flow. It knows what you need. It will lie to you to put you in the particular place you need to be so that you will achieve the goal that you need to go to, to, to achieve. I don't think that it's saying that the time crystals are, I guess, sentient, um, like in that they have a will of their own, but I mean, I could be wrong. They also are thruster packs. So that's maybe they have, they just do a lot of different things, but I think they, I think, okay. So the, the thing that pops up that the error that Burnham gets is insufficient vertices is what is what she gets earlier and so i'm taking that to mean the calculations you know aren't adding up to go to the place that you're trying to go um and and that they that the time crystals do i guess what we do know is that the time crystals like once it's been busted off of (laughs) from wherever it grew on boreth it uh like the future is set in some fashion. And I, I guess I kind of just took this also as like a back to the future ish sort of a thing where like all of these things happened and um, like in the past, we've got the red, the, all the red bursts and things like that. There are, or maybe it's, maybe it's more of Dr. Who. There are these fixed say, points. It's in not time. back to the future. It's, it's not back opposite. to the future. It's, it's, it's the Dr. opposite Who. of back to the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Dr. Who. There are fixed points in time. That's exactly where I was going to go. It can't be right. affected. Um, some things can, um, but, but not, but not entirely. Like again, um, Pike, now that he has broken the crystal off, that fate that he saw is set. Not everything along the way, but that one thing is set. 
Um, and that was his decision to pull it, to, to break it off. Right. And it's, it's more of, I've now yeah. set myself on a course that is fixed, but it like was it. still based on his decision. And Michael's like are it. too. I don't like it. I don't well, like it. I don't, we don't like time crystals either, but it is, <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I can't defend Kate, it. what do you think? Where are you at on this? I can't defend it, but the events that were happening, like the Klingons and the Kelpians showing up, those things that are happening had to be set in motion to happen. So she still had to take the step to step in motion what right. she had already done. But my and question, that's, that's, I, I agree with you on all that. Okay. But my question is, could it have not happened? What it seems like, to, what I'm saying is, is like, it doesn't seem like Michael actually had the ability to not go back in time and send those red signals and just take the discovery into the future. Yeah, that I think happens like, for a science not- reason, though, because it um, the crystal, it, uh, the suit was calculating against, it needed the fixed points to be able to make the quantum calculations. Right. Agreed. And and even we're adding into the fact that her mother, you know, what, her mother had like none of this would have happened also without her mother doing what she was doing, um, and, and like or having done what she had done. Like they would never have had the suit. They would have never had to do anything like this. Right. So this um, is but my my question is, is this is like you're your own grandpa problem is like oh, what, yeah. what, what this is, is there has not ever been a change in time. It, it, what has happened always happened. There it's, was not it a moment the grandfather where paradox. You're, you're exactly right. Yes. There was not a moment where none of this didn't happen the way it happened. Right. So like, in other words, there wasn't the, the, the inciting incident needed the end incident in order right. to occur. Like if those two were not there, it would not, it would not well, have happened. Yeah, it happened even because it. she it's already did it. Loop. Yeah. 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 So what I'm saying is, is that there, there was no real time travel here. I mean, I understand that there technically was, but there was no time travel that changed events. They was, actually, I, know, I think that was her mom's. Her mom's was the one that did that. And it started this loop by her, by her mom going, giving her the technology and what? And then moving the sphere into the pathway of discovery. Right, moving this. It's her mom that started exactly this chain of events. Um, she she yeah pushes the sphere. She has done stuff, and by 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 informing them, it's it's now. Uh, there's another there's another reference. I guess it's it's even it's even Star Trek itself. Like we can't go back and change the timeline. This is why you can't go back to you know to the past in Star Trek later on and kill and and kill Hitler or or do something like that because the ripple effects you don't know her mom starts doing all of these things to try and change the future change this this destructive uh destructive future that ai or that the controllers are going to do um by doing that she has incited this this loop this time yeah loop. okay all right maybe <laughs> maybe uh, I, it, okay cool all right I'm fine well with it. Here we are. Here we are. Let's keep moving on. I just had a, like, that moment for me was just like, wait, what? What? What is the greater, what are they saying about time as a whole there? And I think well, it's a little problematic, but. What I, what I will say, here's, here's my last thing I'll say in response to you. And I'm going to, what I'm going to do is quote Michael Burnham and Spock. Oh boy. Uh, Chris, I'm asking you to take a leap of faith. <laughs> One that is only logical. <laughs> Which is an amazing, an amazing moment because mm-hmm. they talk about faith and religion, like oh, faith and science, right? I love it. And that's a great, 
moment of of those two working together. I don't know how it's you guys read that moment, but nope. I was I, like, whoa, way. hey, good good job, Star Trek. I feel like for yep. all the weirdness that happened with Spock earlier in the season, or thing else, I feel like everything with with Spock and Burnham paid off in this episode together. Like their their relationship paid off. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. and that it, is exactly what happens here. Uh, this is the next thing that happens is he says that to her. Take a leap of faith, one that is only logical. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. I guess I will go back and do these things rather than going forward right away. Yeah. And did you notice randomly on his face shot, we have the green blood. I just liked that detail. Yeah, I thought the same good. thing. I thought the same thing. The first time I actually thought it was just dirt. And then I noticed the second time. Oh, yeah, that's that's green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I, I So this is the other thing, too. You know, she, we have only seen five red bursts up until this point. Yeah. And um, and so this is the, that my challenge, I guess, to you, Chris, with the free will stuff. She makes the decision for six and seven. Mm. No, um, she doesn't. Yes, yeah, she does. There already have been. What I'm saying is, is that she already, already been. Knew. But she could have. She could have just been like, "Nope, f this. I'm going." I don't through think she could have. See you that's later. My- that's my point. Is I don't think she, she could, have. could have. Nobody was holding a gun to her head. The suit didn't work with first fire. Okay, guys, 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 guys. Nope. <laughs> I, I like it. I, 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 yeah, I have a problem. So, okay, let's, let's just keep moving on. Cause Kate is absolutely right. This is ridiculous. So this is a conversation <laughs> that we can have offline. This has nothing to do with it, but I think it's problematic anyway. All right. So we already mentioned this, but the Klingons join the fight. Mm-hmm. They decloak. We see the bio Ba'ul fighters, which is really a neat, I think a really neat moment that we get the Kelpians uh, doing that. The Klingon bridge guys mm-hmm. looks great. They are, yep, they look straight they, out of the movies. They look like Klingons. They sound like Klingons. They say um, it's a good day to die. Yes. She laughs at a cut on her head. Okay. So, um, oh, yes. Here we go. So, um, Giorgio and the security gal, whose name I keep forgetting. Nan. Uh, thank you. Nan as in like the bread? Yeah, that's the way I keep it. It's <laughs> N-A-H-N, but I, that's how I remember it. Okay. They finally break in and they're having this banter back and forth, like you said. And my favorite, my favorite line in this episode is women stop talking. <laughs> right. I love that. I, and, and then, and then she proceeds to kill him right after that. I thought it was so awesome. Yeah. It was the greatest. He was like women. stop talking. I, I was laughing. I can even now thinking about it. I was just like, Oh my gosh. Anyway, I love that moment so much because I knew that these two ladies were about to kick his butt. It was so wonderful. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, so then we move to the sick bay, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And Hugh and Culber, they get their moment in Ham the sun. Ham-fisted again. This is it, the only thing I have consistently disliked in this season, and it yeah. stinks because I like them so much yeah. last You're year. You're my home. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> We go together. (laughs) I actually decided not to stay on the Enterprise because I like you, and it took me so long to remember that. It, and because all we've gotten from them are just moments, we keep losing. We, I, we, I, I at least keep losing the emotion, you know, of those moments, and they have to. They try and, you know rekindle them once again you know each time but only in 30 second chunks over the last you know whatever x number of episodes it didn't it it stinks i i want to i want to be on board but it doesn't it doesn't work 
I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Unfortunately, little little melodramatic. <clears throat> yeah, um, in the middle of the battle, it's very much yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it, yeah, doesn't work. Then so we then, get this, yeah, we get the five signals. She does. She goes back in time, right? And she does the oh five yeah, signals. Mm-hmm. I liked each one of those, and and whatever. <laughs> I'm down. I, like I didn't. I didn't like the sequence at oh. all, guys. Um, let you me just say, like, did you not like the visuals, or you didn't like the the just the fact uh, that she goes back? And we see. No, it. no, 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 no. I think it was too redundant. The visuals, like literally, it was like, yes. okay, we get it. Yeah, she was it. She, that that was her the entire time. Yeah. Yes, and it just does it for every single one where it's Michael looking at herself, and then yeah. Saru looking at red angel and then it's just like we 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 get it guys we get it i understand it felt like a redundancy when it got to a certain point where it just wasn't all that interesting anymore it, i knew it felt it like audience hand holding to me i was like yeah for those people who didn't you know who who needed to see it or whatever you know that's that's how i felt chris it, you're being more negative about this episode than i ever was <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh well, I, yeah yeah I, okay here's the other question i have guys so i'm just i'm just <laughs> So what are these red bursts? What are they? Doesn't matter. They're signals. Does she she fart? What is it? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) It's chili powder. I don't know. I'm just going to do a a burst now. (laughs) Like, it's so, because the other, you know, the other times they don't, she doesn't always do it. She doesn't always do a red burst. Uh, When she came back, you know, there wasn't a red burst. No, so, it's a signal. Her suit must be built to do something like that. I don't know. So they built the red signal. Okay. Anyway, I don't. I don't. Okay. Fine. Cool. All right. Sweet. <laughs> What's a red signal that can be detected throughout time and space? Yeah. Cool. Oh, I just sorry. While we're watching, and again, this is something that can come up in our recap. But uh, as I as I restarted, they did. We had the question last week of those seven um, signals. How did they yes. actually all? Yes. They, yeah, they appear. They appear um, for for a moment. And then they all disappear except for one. So that's why they couldn't get fixed locations in, on all. In the correct place? Yes. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. So they could, so if they would have been watching, they would have known where to go from the very beginning. Yeah, and then one and then one remained um, long enough for them to get a fix on it. That's what that's what happened. So That doesn't make any sense though. That doesn't make any sense. Because she did them different at different yeah, times. Yeah, with Chris. She yeah, she, far, she farted in different times. There wasn't a time when she what? No, seriously. She she sent the signals at different times. We just watched her do it. This is what we're talking about right now. She went to different times. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> so it wasn't all at once. That's how they saw it. How? Light, she didn't, if she didn't do travels, it all at once. Light, light travels at different times. And, and, and it's that's, light speed. Don't that's even. It's, don't. Nope, nope. 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 Doesn't Kate's work. Kate's backing me up on this. You can't hear her, but she really is. <laughs> yeah, it, the that first does state not in the work. room. <laughs> that does not work at all. That's nope, baloney. That's what we call head cannon, folks. It works. It would have or worked if she would have like gone to one place and be like, "Oh, here are the seven signals from the very beginning." Toot 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 toot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then and then she went and did the uh, the seven signals, but she didn't do that. She did the seven signals, and they wait for the last one, and it only shows up. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. But they don't no, show but twice. Spock, Spock at the very end, I didn't write down the whole thing. Spock at the very end talks about the relativity of time and that 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 it doesn't it doesn't flow or happen in the way that you that you think it will. And so, because he waits for what is it, 140 days for the signal where where you think she would have just sent it right. You know, the moment they got through, she would have sent it um, to wherever you know 
to to the moment she left. Um, but time doesn't work like that. I I took it. I, I they they talked about the fluidity of time. That has nothing season, to do with the seven signals showing up all at once. Oh no they no, didn't. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm just saying I'm saying, I'm saying we got. It's like a. It was like a. All right. It's like a preview. I, I think instead of head I'm gonna cannon, move on. I'm gonna move on. That's not head cannon. That's butt cannon. <laughs> Boom. That's yeah, right. It's fine. So on the, on the other end. All right. <laughs> we're gonna keep moving. Here we go. All right. So the 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 gravity shifting moment we already talked about is really yep. cool and gr- great. Then the D7s show up in the fight. Cool moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then really. I think that brings us, if unless I'm wrong, we we've gotten to Giorgio. Have yes. We already talked about Giorgio killing them. Nope. Killing Leland. She nope. kills Leland, and, and she's way too happy about yeah, it. Yeah, she grins real, she's, hardcore. The only time, yeah, she giggles. She like laughs. Yes, like, yeah. nah. like she is all in in that moment, getting her thrills out of it. I loved yes. it. I loved her in that moment. Like this, she was full on terror and emperor in a really sweet way in that moment. Yep. Yeah, like that, that. Even though we've seen some really great changes in her, that part of her is not gone all the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally not. So yeah, he he brutally Leland brutally dies. All of his little nanites are sucked out of his pores, and yeah, Leland is and no more. The season's uh, most over. boring villain is finally off the stage because nobody else cares yes. except for Georgiou in this entire episode. They're busy fighting it out and who cares that Control is on Discovery heading into the wormhole? Yep. Right, and, and, and that's even one I, I honestly didn't really, until you said you had a, you had a plot problem with it because I kind of just let it happen, I really hadn't thought, you know, that that should have kind of been okay. We're you know we know you know Michael has told us that Leland is, is going to come on board. We're going to try and and take him, mm-hmm. um, and and that'll hopefully disable all of the nanites. That would have been a nice at least there's, that there's a motivation to it. Yeah, I hadn't totally. thought about that well, until you said it. Well, Georgiou like early on in the episode tells Saru invite him on board, and Saru's looking at her like she's completely gone mad, and she's like oh, you know you you have to plan for these things. I, I don't you know she plays a deep game, and so she gets what she wants anyways. And, you know, yeah. fun ensues. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. This entire time, Admiral Cornwell mm-hmm. has been looking at the tur- uh, torpedo that's lodged itself in the saucer section of the Enterprise. And it is determined it is inoperable. It is going to blow up. So they're going to have to seal off the section. And she's going to sacrifice herself. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so a couple things here. It's like a, a little latch that you pull. It's like, and the door goes down real slow. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd say like like a rope. You know what I mean? Like you tie that sucker on one end and you pull it. <laughs> it'll come down even while you're standing in the turbo lift. They have all those or, repair bots. Or I, that's right. I. Yep. That's what I wrote. I was like, grab one of those hole bots. Yep. What the. And if you're, what are you guys doing? Or if you're prepared for die for this, she could just lose an arm and then get a cyborg arm because, you know, that worked for Arium, right? Uh, apparently, yeah, we can all do that now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Stand inside the turbo lift and at least be like, I'm just going to try. Here we go. Boom. And oh, my arms, but I'm still alive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. yeah, that doesn't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, guys. Yep. But I, I mean, I understand the moment they're going for, but I felt like the scenario that they dreamt yeah. up or the, the set was like, it, it made no sense. I was the entire time. I was like, what, 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 why? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Well, and that Pike stares directly at a photon torpedo explosion. That's right. five feet away from him. And I thought, well, 
And yep, burnt out eyes, but that's fine. No problem. Well, the door was great though. Was there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no. They, they they show it from Discovery's point of view, and it like boom. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, Massive giant, concussive and then blast. Pike is just. <laughs> yeah, yep. and Pike is just standing two feet away from it. Like, hey, ah. this is Captain Christopher Pike. He is a manly man and can endure <laughs> all of these things. All right, you know what? That plot point actually has been solved now. Now yep. that you've described Pike Done. to me, I remember now. <laughs> that's right, he's Pike. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he can. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. And I'll look I, over. I'll look I, over I, it. Okay. I do want to pause. Can but, I pause just for a minute more on this please. scene? We kind of like um, breezed over the earlier part of the scene where Una is in the room with her. And they're also mm. trying to figure this out together. I loved it when the two of them left the bridge together to go solve this problem together. It was two yeah. badass women going to deal with this thing, yes. figuring it out together. Like, I really liked that moment. And I feel like I have to point it out because typically it's two people headed off to Agreed. do it. And it's not the two women doing it. And I just loved that, that they did that. Right. And then when Cornwell died, I wasn't totally. terribly happy about the decision that they made to do that because it felt like they needed to kill somebody. So let's kill her because she's not going to the future with everybody else. Right. But um, at the same time, her death scene where she comes to attention and she faces her death head on that yeah. Jane Brooke just acted the heck out of that scene. I loved her for that. With some really good subtlety, I, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, and that they and that the two women shake hands. Yes, you know, and with I think it's even unspoken. It was just it was just Admiral, and then they shake hands, and then yeah. and then she leaves. Yeah, yeah, love I like that. that. I think, um, I think what, I, which I, I completely agree that the pathos of that of that part is really good. The only problem that I, I actually wish that they had wrestled a bit more with Pike's um, future. Hmm. With that, with that question of you know it can't go off while you're, uh, while I'm here because my future has been set. I kind of wish they had had wrestled with that. Um, but again, I mean in a, in a packed episode, that's if they knew they were spinning off a Pike season, a series or something like that. Which by the way they've teased now slightly, um, uh, because of fan reaction. Then wait, that would have been a cool thing. Wait, who's but been teasing? When I, I've Alex missed, I've missed. I missed this tease, and I need... they've been they've been super small things. He basically just said. Uh, I have by tease. I'm, I'm making it sound more active than it is, but basically oh, we've now I've, you're teasing me. Stop yeah, it. He said, he said, we've heard the fans. We love Pike too. Uh, nothing's off the table or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. So, so I do like that. Cornell uh, called I'm him down it. though, because you know, she's like, how many will pay the price if you're wrong? Like, you know, he could have done that, yeah. that half cocked, you know, what's, what's dare the fates, right. what's behave kind of like a Kirk essentially. And he doesn't, you know, he recognizes her wisdom on the moment and steps away. Agreed. Yeah. Very much agreed. It just would have, yeah, it would have been nice. All right, and now we move oh, to a very touching stuff. moment with Spock and Michael. Mm. Uh, oh. I love this. Listen to me, little brother. Like, what a wonderful little moment of them actually, like, deciding, like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, I'm going to accept who I am and um, yeah. who we and, are together. And the reason that they're having this this moment is because his ship is damaged and can't go through the wormhole. And, and, I, and I really, you know, it was one of those things. The moment he got into the shuttle and flew along with mm-hmm. her, I was like, oh, something has to happen. Because obviously Spock isn't going to go a thousand times. Yeah, in the that future. was forecasted, I think, well in advance. Spock wasn't going to go. And this was a very obvious solution to him not going into the future. Right. And yeah. and honestly, if, if not, um, like if he had been on Discovery, 
it would have given me so much less hope for season three because I would have been like, oh, well, they have to reset it. You know, it's, it's going to be a reset. It's not going to be this permanent permanent looking thing. Um, and so I'm, I'm really happy they made that choice. Uh, can I read the quote that Michael gives him, the advice that she gives him right before she's about to go? Please. It is it's one of the best lines and it for it's it gives us kirk without giving us kirk right yeah i, I was gonna say it. the same this is what i wrote i i, I kirk question mark Go yeah ahead. i did the same thing i put a little star i was like yes uh she so this is michael burnham and sneakway martin green as always just blows it out of the water there's a whole galaxy out there full of people who will reach for you you have to let them find that person who seems farthest from you and reach for them reach for them let them guide you i will he responds oh it just <laughs> and i wrote kirk and, and and that's that whole theory also of you know the the kirk spock mccoy ethos pathos logos you know emotion logic and and um more morality kirk is the you know the complete you know diametric opposite almost of spock on the surface and that's why they work so well together and and if we couldn't get Kirk in this season, which again, that would have been so distracting. It wouldn't have worked. We at least get that reminder of Spock's future. And I loved it. I mean, we got Spock and we thought that would be distracting and it ended up being okay. I mean, come on. Could, well, I mean, we if it had Kirk. just been random, you know, oh, if it was sure, like, sure, sure, yeah, if, if it hadn't been tied in, I actually thought we were going to get it at the very end here. And I'll tell you when I thought we were going to see it. And I was like, Oh, okay. No, that's not what happened. So anyway, oh, let, cool. let's keep moving though. So yeah, there's that moment. And, um, so uh, Michael decides that she's going to lead the way yeah. and leads like a trail of whatever it is, um, <laughs> red mist. And, um, and Discovery <laughs> follows her straight into uh, this wormhole. We already described a little bit of the, the visual, but I thought the same thing. It felt very, mm-hmm. very similar to that very practical effect from the motion picture um, where there's like the streaks of light um, coming from everywhere. Um, really, I, I wrote in bold letters on my notes. It, it goes from all of the Discovery crew, like close-ups on all of the Discovery crew. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote, I love these people. Like yep. two seasons and I'm already in. And I think this the second season totally even though I enjoy the first season very much, the second season has solidified everything. And I, yeah. I think it is, it's earned its, its name, uh, Star Trek. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's there. It is exactly where it should be. And I, you know, where it's going, which is 950 years into the future is interesting to me. Now I solves so all of the problems that I had with them Same. doing a prequel. Now, Every problem. now we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. And we have, this interesting perspective um, from this p- point in time with right. Starfleet at this point in time. So, yeah. And Kurtzman has has um, said, "This is this is exactly what it is. We are now We will be 950 years into the future, um, and and it. I I'm so I'm so proud of Discovery for doing this. You know, for for actually having the guts." Um, to, and we had, we had forecasted this last year. Mm -hmm. This is something we talked about, not in the same way, but with this, with, um, the mirror universe. Oh shoot. What if they're in the mirror universe for the rest of the series? How crazy would this be? Yeah. Um, We talked about that being a way to get out of, I mean, to, to, to get them out of Canon so that it would make sense. And this is what they do, right? Yeah. 
Kate, so what do you say? Alex Kurtzman, you're listening to our podcast. Feel free yes. to come on, get in touch with us. You know, you're taking our advice. I like it. Um, <laughs> we don't need royalties at the moment yet. But, whoa, whoa, you know, speak, for on the podcast. speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. Yet, yet. I'm waiting until he gets on the podcast. Kate, how are you feeling about this? We're, we're, we're going almost a thousand years into the future. How, how are we feeling? So they took a really big leap here. It was a big step because they still do have to contend with history and what precedent they set for other Star Trek shows, unless they completely divorce the two in some way. But I'm really glad that they do it. I think it opens up a lot of storytelling possibilities. I think it could out Voyager Voyager with its possibilities. Um, I am curious what it means for who they interact with. I'm curious if this is going to be lost in space sort of, you know, marooned until they get Giorgio back or if, if Michael can travel back in time. Like, I'm curious if they will try to go back with her with mm-hmm. the suit, if the suit's burned out. I have a lot of questions, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah, I was I was really surprised that Giorgio was on the ship. In fact, that was one of the things I I was watching for on my on my um on my rewatch was like, oh shoot, did I miss, did she, you know, did she beam off suddenly or, or, or whatever? But no, I mean, so, and we know that there is a section 31 show. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that. And we know that it is Michelle Yeoh helmed, like she's starting it or she's, you know, um, leading it. So, so whether, yeah, whether that means we, you know, of course they've just, they couldn't reveal a, yep, and, and it's set in the 31st century or whatever. Um, so maybe it's just it, they're both in the future and now they don't have to worry about it. Maybe she does go back because um, I thought and I think I messaged you guys. I was like, oh, well, obviously, Tyler is in the Section 31 show. And that's because I, I had just assumed I had missed Giorgio getting off the Discovery um, mm-hmm. and was looking for it on the rewatch. So, well, yeah. And what will be interesting is, is I'm hoping that it is not a Lost in Space or Swiss Family Robinson type of a deal um, or I'm Voyager hoping, even would you yeah or even Voyager I, I'm really kind of hoping we will get a glimpse of you know like they were their Starfleet on the other end was expecting them because they have like that's quantum quantum like you know whatever signaling and they understand yep. all that now and so like they pop in and it's like welcome guys mm-hmm. um, we're that's glad that I you want. did this this is fantastic so Let's talk about, you know, your next whatever. Here it is. And now we can see how Starfleet looks different then than it does now. It's a really cool thought. And there's also a possibility that the Federation may not exist anymore because there is something else there or because something has happened to like there's possibilities there, too. Well, and even even that they do what they've done this season and last season and maybe Discovery, you know, that's, you know, Michael does what she's good at and brings Starfleet back to its roots or, or whatever, you know, um, that would be, that would be really cool. I, yeah, that there's just some, there's some, some computer program. There's some notation that says on this date or whatever, you know, or, or 900 years in the future, you know, they will be arriving. It just would be, oh, mm-hmm. cool. but, but we do know from Calypso, the ship is exactly. like yeah. vacant. What fifty yep. years from the point? Like, isn't it a thousand years? Or so we know that there's it. It isn't. A, but fifty years is plenty things, of time. Yeah. So I mean, it's whatever. There's a lot. But that's that a nice thing to write themselves too, right? Like a nice little. And they don't have to even hit. You know, if it is fifty years in the future from when they arrive. It's also kind of interesting that we could have potentially seen the epilogue of the show. After, you know, between the right. first and second season without knowing it. Right. That's right. That would be how cool. How cool would that be if that's that's actually post discovery? Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be sweet. Well, and I mean, we now know for sure that the the voice, the Calypso voice or whatever, is yep the 
the AI. Mm -hmm. That is what it lives in the ship now. So that's another thing that makes discovery so valuable is that, see, here's the deal too, is, is that they, they, maybe they can't identify themselves in the future because if anybody knows about that AI for any reason, it could be co-opted and turned into a weapon. So like, you know, I would be interested to see like, Maybe Starfleet's like or, Starfleet. Yeah. yeah, Starfleet's like, hey guys, welcome back. Hey, listen, why did you guys do this? Mm, and yeah. they have to be like, well, I, I have no idea, guys. And then they're almost like a Starfleet, like they're on the run from Starfleet. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where like because they're just like, you know, no, 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 you need to tell us why you did this. No, we can't tell you. It's no, but you know that would be an interesting that plot be cool. too. Is they're the, the new the, Section yeah. Thirty One of the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they have to keep. It's all actually the not as a Michelle Yao show. It's actually just season three of Discovery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah they they are section thirty one. Okay, so they they we don't see the Discovery crew from this point moving forward. They no. jump into the wormhole and that's it. But there is an epilogue onto season two. Yeah, and the transition uh, yeah. into that epilogue is the original series music. That 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 mm-hmm. sound cue was so great. We get a couple of tags at the end there. I love their interrogation where they're all lying about the about discovery. The only one that it didn't make complete lying badly. Can I lying say badly? But I think everybody knows. I actually think that's even the point is yeah. they're lying badly, and that because Spock says, uh, you know, you essentially Starfleet needs to scrub discovery the spore drive all of the crew members from their records and never speak of it again. He even quotes a regulation from, from I, uh, deep space nine is whenever we first hear about that one. Um, Ooh, di- I didn't catch that. Reference. Yeah, it's, did you, I don't remember the name. You I don't remember the, it's, it was an episode name that had reference to tribbles in it. I forget what the actual episode name is, but they talk. Oh, more tribbles, more. Tri- no, that was, sorry. That's uh stupid. The animated series. Hold on. You, you mean you trials and tribulations? Yeah, trials, trials yeah. and tribulations. Yeah, tribulations. that's right. Yeah, yeah it comes from that episode, which was interesting because this entire scene is about the whole retcon of how did we never know yeah. that that Michael existed in this family, and I feel like they yeah. their attempts to do that were just a bit awkward and didn't entirely work. But the nice connection to Star Trek history was was fun. Yeah, totally. What I, I loved, again, the emotional moment between the family where, again, even though Spock and his father aren't – it's not like they're chummy now mm-hmm. um, because that's – we'll see in Journey to Babel that they still haven't really spoken in many years. Um, that they have all agreed we will not speak your name you know, when other people are present. And it was like at, she has weirdly – knit their family together in that they only they are the only three who know that who know of her and can speak of her and i I liked that Mm -hmm. yeah that was good um so um then we get a moment i mean that that i don't know if there's anything else to say there but this is where i thought we were going to get kirk because we cut to spock um looking down at his blue uniform Mm -hmm. and he finally puts it on and he is cleanly shaved. The and then I, there was a voice that came over that says, um, you know, Commander Spock to the bridge. Yeah. And it and sounds I thought very it was Kirk. Kirk-like. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was Kirk. And I was like, oh, oh is, is this happening? Or are they going to, what, what are we going to do? And it was Pike. And it was, I was like, oh, all right. Okay, fine. But I thought for a moment we were going to get full on Kirk ah, yeah. Spock. Yeah. Yeah, and there were a couple yeah, we could. and some of the facial time, expressions time that Pike did towards um, uh, Spock were rather Kirk-like too in this sequence of scene. Yes, 
Well, no, but there's there's a moment where you, there's a time jump though, man. There could have been a time well, jump. 140 too. days. 124. No, no. no but, well, what I'm saying is, is it could have been longer than 140 days, my friend. No, but he says it like nine times, like 140 days. Nah, nope. No, 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 no. He doesn't say that until after that moment. What I was saying is, is that when he was jumping on the bridge, I thought, oh, some time has passed. Wow. And I thought maybe we were going to get some, uh, some crooked. Come on, dude. I know there's time has passed. <laughs> look, don't look it down on me. I feel like my nerd card is being pulled out right now. And you're like, no, you don't have enough hole punches, sir, no. to argue your point. Your, your geek like, card, you mean? Is that where you, What did I say? Nerd card? Uh, yeah. Nerd card. <clears throat> geek card. Whatever it is, the card thing that I carry around in my pocket. That we will be checking, I think, pretty thoroughly. That's eventually. right. So, guys, the seventh signal. We finally got there. <laughs> we did. Which she gave of her own free will. And it was really great. And I love that the uh, the last shot that we got <laughs> is is the uh, the red burst. I loved it. But but did we get like I feel like we glossed over and this is this is me. I, I pushed it with my with my time nerdery. I loved it was it was it I loved the Spock uniform clean shaven reveal. I loved it. I thought that it was such a great moment. Um, it was good. It was fine. Oh my gosh. I can't. My favorite part of the end was the very last two words of the episode. Yes. Go ahead and say it, Kate. Hit it. It was so so good. good. And it was a wonderful way to say goodbye to Pike. Yes, it It really was. Perfect. And that he, and even following the last thing, you know, one of the last things we had heard between him, the last thing we heard between him and Saru, Saru says, goodbye, Captain Pike. And Pike says, goodbye, my friends. My family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know you are their family. It's okay. Although he's only known them for like not very long, but that's okay. They've been it's through like, time and space together. Seven signals long. <laughs> seven <laughs> signals. Seven. No, no. Seven red bursts. Okay. Yep. Noted. So they were. They're bursts. It's really just a flare she has attached to <laughs> that's her. That's what I'm saying. That can that's be it. seen everywhere. Yep. The, the Federation is the like, best whoa, what are these? Ever. The best flare ever. Voyager could have used that thing. <laughs> That's right. What, are, what were they doing? Yeah. All right, Tyler, take us home. I think we've talked enough about the season finale. Have. All right. Well, as always, everybody, we, you can find us on Twitter at The Next Trek and on Facebook at The Next Trek Podcast as well. Um, what, rewatch these episodes again. We're going to, and we're going um, to be talking about uh, season two. We're going to kind of do a whole big thematic recap, and I'm pretty excited. I've already started mine because I can't control myself. Um, and actually, it's looking like we're going to have a, a nice guest on, a, a, friend, a former uh, guest on the podcast. We're seeing if we can get him. So that'll be exciting if he can join us for that. And so as always, everybody... Live long and prosper.